Hey, all you sad poles and dragonflies. Welcome to episode 32 of the Rescue Summer Mindset Podcast. I'm Cody Wright. And I am Vince. All right. Um, so today we just got back from a pretty severe rock climb, I would say. It was pretty best. pretty gnarly. My hands are Trem- jagged. Trembling. Yeah, they're traumatized a little bit. Scratched up like a there was a mean kitten in the rock. Um yeah, maybe we'll post a little video about that just so we can brag to the community about what we do on the side. Yep, pretty cool. Yeah, so today we uh, we found a very interesting topic to talk about because we do get, quite often get this question from people that are a little, I'd say a little fearful of this topic. Um, it's definitely something that's always kind of in the back of your mind, lurking in the abyss of the ocean. And if you ever, you know, go down the route of a Navy SEAL or a rescue swimmer, then being in the ocean, in the open water, it's it's always kind of tormenting you. It's there. All right. So what are we talking about today, Cody? We are talking about seahorses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of seahorses out there in the big blue sea. Actually, we're not. What, okay, are, we, what are we talking so, about? Vince? So we are talking about shark. It is shark week on the rescue swimmer mindset podcast. So. What we're gonna do is we're each gonna tell one of our very real shark stories. So something that we've experienced. Um, mine is when I was in the service. Actually, mine was during my airman program, so it wasn't actually when I was a rescue swimmer. And Cody, when was uh, what was yours again? So like- mine was the summer that I got out of the Coast Guard. So this is summer 2017, and it happened in the Outer Banks. All right, let's, let's start let's, with yours. Okay, let's, 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 all right, let's just go for it. Yeah. All right, so I just got out of the Coast Guard, and this is, you know, summer 2017. It's probably like mid to late June. And no, it was probably July. Oh yeah. my God, like the viewers really they care. care if it was June right. or July. What well, matters? God. It matters. Okay. <laughs> all right, so I, my parents actually live about four hours north of the Outer Banks. So I drove down the night before I wanted to surf, and I ended up camping kind of just off the beach there in my car, a little car camping. Pretty yeah, fun, yeah. good time, and probably not. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Viewers, don't don't go don't go do that. Don't come on. Outer Banks, it's crowded. Don't. So if you know if you're familiar with the Outer Banks, the spot was S turns, and if you're not familiar, uh, then it doesn't matter at all. So I ended up camping. I drove down to the spot. I woke up at like probably like five in the morning because I wanted to get out there before the sun came up. Try to get some some early waves, and basically I paddled out, and I'm probably like you know, 150, 200 meters off, off the beach. There's not many waves. They're coming in like, maybe like, like waist to chest high, occasionally like head high sets. You could have just said double overhead for the viewers. Just double overhead. Make, so make, it, make it's like shore. pipeline, North Shore. Yeah. So, um, okay. So this guy, yeah. he's surfing Mavericks in Hawaii. The Hawaii Well, it's, it's Hawaii Mavericks. If but you guys have also never heard of the sharks. Hawaii Mavericks, just look it up. Yeah, it's not a thing. It's a big it break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, the sharks there. All right, so, so, so you, yeah, so yeah, like 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 hip hype. So I'm out there waiting for a set to come in, and I see a set coming in, and I get ready to kind of paddle into the wave. So if you're familiar with surfing, you know you're just like sitting on the board, staring out towards the horizon. So I put my left hand in the water, and right as I do that, I basically just hit a giant object. To the left of me. <laughs> and initially I was like, oh, I'm in the ocean, but I must be close to like shore or something. Like it must just be the sand or like some, like a piece of debris. 200 yards on shore. <laughs> and then, yeah, I wasn't thinking rationally. So <laughs> I, I looked down 
to my left and it turns out that I had basically just punched a 12 foot great white shark <laughs> on, the, on the head. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it was 100% great white and I can confirm it later. I'll confirm it at the end oh, of the story. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so, so I did that and I looked down, you know, I just punched the shark basically. That's like, I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's just like hanging out with me or like maybe checking the surf, maybe waiting for some fish or something, kind of hanging out. And immediately like I just start like, kind of go in shock, you know, you see like a shark. I don't know if you've seen one in the water, but they're scary and they're big. So I immediately like got all four limbs on my board and I swung the board into the waves that were coming and I missed the wave that I was paddling for, but there's another one behind it. So I basically just paddled with my feet like as high above the water as possible behind my board and just like paddled into the wave and like I ended up basically fetal position. Like my hands were in the water, but I'm just like, I'm just hoping the shark's not like following me or something. So. I actually catch that wave and I mean it would have been like pretty, you stood up you it would have been it out? would have been badass if I surfed out oh. but I I didn't you, I just stayed on my belly I just like basically bodyboard okay yeah. bodyboarded the yeah. wave it's into my, shore because I'm not gonna like risk falling <laughs> trying to like, pop up on a wave with a great wave behind me so <laughs> shaka bro I got it <laughs> that would have been pretty cool but yeah. um there's no one on the beach to see it so if there's someone on the beach I probably would have popped up yeah, because it, it would have been for yeah for like you know yeah so yeah, so I rode the wave in on my belly, got into shore, and I'm like kind of freaking out. And I mean, there's not really much to do because there what was. I mean, you're freaking out. You're like, you're I was on, fine, but it was like it was like prime. that post traumatic traumatic incident, like disorder. shock, you know. So you're kind of like coming down from that. And I'm looking around to like tell someone or like you know like tell my cool story to. And there's no one on the beach, so I left. I just drove <laughs> to the next. No, no, there's more. So I drove to the next town. So if you're familiar with the Outer Banks, I drove to. Was it? So I drove north to like the first town, and I think it's it's Kitty Hawk, and there's a coffee shop there. So I ended up like going to the coffee shop. No, actually, that's wrong. We're gonna backtrack here. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. I actually drove to Kitty Hawk, and I surfed at I think it's Jeanette's Pier. I surfed because there was a bunch of people out, so I went there and surfed because I felt more comfortable with like a bunch of people, and the waves were pretty good. So after that session, it's probably like, a couple hours later, I end up going to a coffee shop because I was planning on staying the night one more night. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like kind of like on my computer, like cruising the internet. And my dad calls me and he was telling me basically that they, he wanted me to be careful while I was surfing because they had just pinged a like whatever tracker they used to track like the sharks in the area for research purposes. They just pinged one off of basically like Kitty Hawk. And it was like a 12 or like 14 foot gray white shark. I can't remember the exact length. And he was like, basically where they pinned it, I looked it up, was right where I was surfing. So confirm great white. Confirm great white. And the, the Sorry. name was a jagged tooth. Well, the name of the shark? No, it was, yeah. Oh, there, there was a name? I just made that up. It was could be jagged tooth. Oh, um, yeah, it was called jagged tooth, yeah. Dang. Yeah, so Whew. that's the story. Dude, my palms just And it was, it was pretty terrifying, not going to lie. Oh, my God. So that's about it. What's your story like? Wait, wait. Like, uh, you got before more? we go to my story, like going back in the water after that, uh, did, did that change anything from like you, you so in the water? Since then, I'm trying to think. Wait, have you ever surfed? I've again? surfed. I've surfed. Never again. I quit surfing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I actually, I was like, right after that happened, I was like, oh, I'm never going to surf alone again. I will never do it. But I did it. Like, yeah. basically, like, it was a year later, I think I surfed alone again, and now I don't really care. Okay. So it was not really traumatic in the sense that it 
has changed my behavior. No, like, and it, what year was this again? That was 2017. Summer 2017. Okay, okay. Brutal. Yeah. Dude, you have bad animal encounters. I have really bad animal encounters. There's a lot of stories. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. More to come. More to come on, like... <laughs> Cody's like <laughs> we could do one. Luck. We could probably do one per episode. Speaking of which, you just saw a bear. Like yeah, I just like, I almost amazing. ran into a bear trail running in Boulder, literally like two days ago. Jesus. So and like, that was that's not even that was like like a casual encounter know, as far as like, other ones go. You like gone through that, just like took us. Yeah, I'll just like stop and just took a picture and got a like Instagram a story and then uploaded it. Uh, but yeah, so like, we got more. Dude, you're like you're like D. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like desensitized to like these animals, yeah. these prey animals <laughs> that like are serious. I have bad luck. There's yeah, a mountain so, lion story. Oh, you already, okay, we'll, already we'll, hinted. Uh, we'll okay, just hint at yeah. it, but we'll we'll save that one. Yeah, that's a great one. I actually yeah. want to hear that one myself. It's pretty good. Yeah, one, I've only told Vincent one time, I think. Right? Oh and it wasn't a good. I, yeah, you need to tell it. Yeah. <sighs> All right. All right. So we're going to move on to Vincent's story now. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. All right. So my story... Um, like I've mentioned before, I used to free dive quite a bit. Um, and as a broke airman in Hawaii, you know, like the cost of living is pretty expensive. So I would rely on the fish I would kill. Totally unnecessary, by the way. You could probably just eat top ramen or something. But I guess you need some protein. Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, at the peak of my physical prowess. I needed the protein. Fish, fish are good. Okay. Fish are foods, not friends. <laughs> All right. So if you remember, I, I believe I mentioned them in the past. We were three, actually we were four at the beginning of my airman program in Barbara's Point, Hawaii. So four people were trying to become uh, rescue swimmers, but they only sent two. Uh, the first one, unfortunately, just didn't quite have the water confidence that was necessary. So um, I think he potentially lasted uh, like a month. But the other airman um, that they ended up not sending, he lasted pretty much our entire time so three to four months um and at the very end they ended up not sending him and, and it was again due to water confidence so check out my water confidence exercise seriously and the win the summer program oh yeah well we'll talk about that we'll later. talk about that later yeah, but, yeah. but that, how, how to hold your breath like a helicopter rescue swimmer i'm proud of it check it out it's awesome so we'll put the link in the show notes yeah rsmguide.com rsm at rsmguide.com.com so three dot coms yeah, in a row there's, it's a weird website it's yeah. uh foreign no, but actually, dude, it's just rsmguide.com. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, where was I? Okay, so let's call this uh, this last airman, the, the airman that they ended up not sending at the end. Um, let's call him Dakota. Yeah, because Dakota is a crazy Because it actually rhymes with the name. And then, <laughs> don't look him up. I'm sorry, I should have said that. But anyway, um, Dakota. So, um, I'd say, like, Dakota and, and me and the other airmen, we kind of had, like, an issue... I suppose, like a friendliness issue with this Dakota person. So in hopes to try to, you know, fix, first of all, his water confidence and to try to build some, uh, you know, team building exercise, uh, me and him decided, just the two of us, to go to the, I believe it's the Marine base that's on the east side of Oahu. Is that right? You remember? Not sure. You're not sure. Anyway, yeah. so there's, I think I think it's a Marine base, uh, whatever. Um, it's a great spot because you can only really surf there unless you have a boat. And I don't even, you probably That's couldn't cool. surf there if you had a boat because well, you can't get that close to a Marine base. But anyway, yeah. so if you're a Marine or like if you're military, you can access the base and you can surf there. But there's also phenomenal uh, free diving slash spearfishing because, you know, not everyone on the island has access to this spot. And it's really beautiful, clear water. <laughs> so again, me and Dakota decided to go to this base. I've never been. 
to try to get some fish for dinner. So we drive out there. Um, what you usually do when you're spearfishing, you have what's called a buoy, like a, a tracer buoy. And you, you usually either if you have that or like a floating boat, but you tie your fish there and you, you basically tag this line behind you at at least like 50 to 25 to 50 yards, just so you're separating yourself from the fish. Unfortunately, since I was Brit, <laughs> sorry, broke. <laughs> yeah, you're broke. Yeah. Since I was broke. I could not afford this system, but I, you know, I had a three prong spear, which is $15 at Walmart or something at the time. Um, and I remember in our, our pre-dive brief with uh, Dakota, I go, all right, who's, who's carrying the, the fish line? Cause I did have like one of those, it's like, it's basically like a skewer and then uh, a metal loop, like a metal ring. And then you, you know, you poke that through the gills or on, on like under the mouth and then, yeah. yeah, you put the fish on that. And then you can, I had a, uh, just like a, a fishnet bag that I would like somehow t- i think i would tie it to my dive belt okay. so yeah it was a pretty minimalist approach but i was like all right who's carrying this like <laughs> net system and of course dakota's like well i mean he I doesn't seem I, like a team player so. yeah and also he's not like he doesn't spearfish much or he's okay. like I, I think you're gonna get most yeah. of the fish anyway which was valid That's fair but i was like all right yeah fine dakota's making points he's making points plus it creates a little more drag so if i'm like the better swimmer maybe like it, it, i can move a little faster with it than he can like with it so Anyway, so we swim out there and we swim pretty far. And the thing with the beach we went to is you get in, but then we swam north and you don't really have much access to get back out of the water. It's kind of committing because it's cliff faces, it's rock faces, um, which is great because it's good diving. And, you know, there's fish tend to hang out by those cliff sides, but it's committing in the sense that you can't quite get out of the water. You got to swim back where you, where you came from. So we swim. I would say pretty far, like maybe half to potentially even a mile uh, north. And um, and that's when we get this spot where there's like these phenomenal fish. And I wish I remember the name because there was this one stupid fish. There, first of all, the good fish were never easy to get. Like the good eating fish were never easy to get. But there's always this one desperate fish that if you, yeah, again, you were just desperate enough, you would come inspect the tip of your spear like oh what's this is this a shiny thing and then you're just like i'm sorry buddy because like <laughs> at that point you just created a bond with this fish so yeah anyway i started slaying those uh let's call them the stupid fish um because i was hungry and i wasn't really getting lucky with the other ones so and they were fairly big you know uh put these in in the net and uh, at this point <clears throat> we, we've collected enough i think even uh dakota gets one potentially nice. so that was cool and then you know we're, we're sharing some laughs we're having a good time um all in all it's a good, good event so we start making our way back again now i have like the drag of these like dead fish uh i i do like on our, our pre-swim back brief i go hey uh just like watch out like because for sharks and whatever you know I, i'm tailing this this pack of dead blood fish on my leg so it's like a little snack yeah keep a lookout right so we, we're swimming back and i see this like white um shelled object down low probably 40 feet down kind of a deeper dive um so i decided to go inspect that swim down and it's a crab so i shoot it get you it shoot the crab yeah shoot is that allowed there or are you illegally Ooh. fishing out here i was, I, was young. I, mean, I don't think we could do that I, ple- I plead the fifth i did not shoot the crab okay. i grabbed the crab oh I right did, i don't know I don't know. I don't know if it's not allowed or allowed but whatever the crab was in my possession but uh it was <laughs> stuck so i had to to uh, dive twice so basically what happened was the spear got stuck in the rock or whatever it was and i start swimming back up and i see dakota swimming back 
frantically <laughs> to the shore. But like, again, he's training to be a helicopter rescue swimmer <laughs> and he, he's a fairly okay swimmer, but he's like the worst technique swim I've ever seen. Just slap in the water. Like, <laughs> like, like it just looks ridiculous. And I'm just like, what the hell is this guy doing? I was like, this guy's not going to make it. <laughs> and like, he's like slapping the water and just making so much splash. And he's swimming to shore. And I'm just like looking at him like, yeah, this is a weird kid. So I surfaced. So you're just assuming that he's like swimming for some training or something, like trying to get the heart know. rate up? So you're like, that's pretty standard for Listen, him. Listen, Cody, all I know is that crab was on my mind. Nothing else, okay? okay. I just wanted the crab. All right. Okay. So he's swimming to shore and I see him swimming and he, he gets there. Basically, I'm like recollecting myself for my second dive to go get this crab and the spear that's stuck in the rock. So I... I look and he's like scrambling onto like the rock or cliff surface. I suppose, yeah, I, I'm not coming off as the smartest person in this story. But anyway, I go back down for my second dive, right? Um, I get my crab, I get my spear, put it in the bag, and then I swim back to shore. And, oh no, sorry, not to shore, I swim back to the surface. When I resurface, I see that Dakota is on this cliff like barely ha- holding on but he's like waving like aggressively and i just like wave back i'm like hey hey buddy <laughs> and and he starts doing i still remember he looked like such a goof nugget like he just starts doing like he puts his little like hands on the sides of his ribs and he just starts like pretending to be like a plane right and i'm like what is that and i go like oh i think i, I get what he's saying and then he keeps one hand on the side of his uh like ribs and then he puts the other like a flat hand on top of his head and he's now he's like pretending to be a shark and i <laughs> remember great. like my first reaction was not to be fearful it was to laugh at him i was like this guy <laughs> so he's like on the shore just like pretending to be a shark and i'm like all right probably time to get the hell out of this water so i just like swim back like like strong and, and fast back to shore and i see him like yelling like come on come on and i'm like oh shit so now i like really start swimming aggressively get back on the shore right and uh he like grabs me and he's like do you have any idea what just happened and i go like there's a there's a shark right like and he goes like dude it was like at least a 12 foot tiger shark at least and i don't know in my, in my opinion like i mean they say like things get magnified in the water so it could have been smaller but in my opinion, like actually when, in my experience, when you spear fish and you pull up a fish, they always look smaller before I shoot it. And then I bring it to the surface. I'm like, Jesus, this thing's huge. But anyway, so big tiger shark. And what he described is as I was swimming back to the cliffs, this shark was, it was basically like a movie scene in the sense that this shark was just doing like a, a Z pattern right behind me, like closing in, like easily could have caught me, but it was just like kind of checking me out while creeping and following me to shore until I got like close enough to the cliffs where I guess it turned around. Um, I never personally saw it, but he saw it in the water and he said it was like very intimidating, right? So, you know, we're sharing laughter because like the adrenaline's kicking. I'm like, oh my God, like live, that was awesome. And keep laughing and joke about like him and like how he meant, like was pretending to be a shark. So we basically rock climb our way back because we didn't want to get back in the water until we got like very close to the beach. And then we did um, because it just felt more comfortable in a little shallower water. But basically like rock climb took us like an hour to get back. Um, And I recall it wasn't until we were driving back. So I I drove 
and you know the laughter's kind of over and i i glance over at dakota and i go wait you just you just kind of left me there like you 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 didn't even tap me on the shoulder you you just decided (laughs) to go to shore you didn't even have the fish on you i had the bait he was coming after me and you just decided all right i'll take care of myself go to shore and and eventually hopefully he like he'll he'll come to shore and i was like way to be a team member and i remember he just goes like i I mean like dude like what what did you want me to do like i mean i was like well you could have tapped me on the shoulder and be like Like, yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) like not let me do another dive like before you you gave me any like indication that there was a, a prey animal in the water um so yeah, that was that was my story, and I, I remember I, I never looked at him the same. And, and I told the rescue swimmers when I got back to the shop, or like we, you know, of course we tell them the story more of a joking way, but uh, the swimmers had the same reaction, like you just left your buddy out there, <laughs> like who are you? <laughs> and they're like, you're a monster. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that's and, solid. And the yeah, and and Dakota did not get sent to. So uh, did you ever see the shark, or was it only? Dakota? I never saw it. Yeah. No, no yeah. I never saw anything. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, he saw it and then he described it. So yeah, that's my, that's my little shark. That's a good story. one. So you're going to tell your, your dad shark story? No. Damn it. Yeah. Cody's I'm going to save that one. Like, we have another one, but I have to like confirm some details. Yeah, so it sounds like it really we'll save that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if, if anybody didn't know, Cody's dad was a, he was an AET, right? So an aviation yeah. electrical technician. Yeah, right. something like that. Um, <laughs> something like that. It's, I always confuse it. Yeah. It's an AET. Um, yeah. And he, yeah, he, he was stationed in Hawaii as well. Yeah. In the 90s. So yeah. back when it was the real guard. Yeah, the real guard before no. all the, the safety <laughs> precautions. What, what's the, what was the old guard quote again? Oh, yeah. It's it's a. Uh, the whole podcast. You went on this, the podcast. Yeah, yeah. What is it? No, no, that's not the. Oh, no, that's not that it. is part of it. Yeah. Oh, it, it was like, you have to go out. Oh, we must but you go do, out. No, no. Oh, you okay. have to go out, yeah. but you don't have to come back. Oh, so, so badass. Cool. So but now the Coast Guard, no, it's probably still kind of like that, but we can't say it because, you know, some of them might get mad. Now, yeah. now it's go out if you feel like it's it. It's like, well, if the weather's okay, we'll go out. Just kidding. It's actually like, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, it's pretty We similar. just don't say that. Yeah. Um, all right. Should we roll into the questions of the week? Yeah. So we're going to move into some, I guess, like Q&As. Maybe we'll do this every episode. So... The first question comes to us from someone that I don't know, and it's going to be anonymous. So, what are your thoughts on going to college before becoming a rescue swimmer? Hmm. So, um, I, I'm sure I I've love, answered this before. I love the way we did it. Like, I, I think love, we did it the right way. Yeah, like I, I had, a, I did go to college. I mean, me too. Yeah. yeah, you did too. Oh, yeah, we had the same story. Same story yeah. um, Can we tell a little bit about our stories? Like, just yeah. a quick synopsis. So, like, maybe 20 seconds in and out. Okay. So I'm Canadian Nate and I graduate high school a little earlier. I think I was 18 and I decided to do a year of college and then I saw The Guardian. I'm just kidding. No, I uh, I actually had like kind of a traumatic incident when I was tree planting. Uh, I talked about it in like one of those first podcasts, but it, it turned me on to the whole aviation survival rate. And I eventually did actually see The Guardian, which turned me on to the American side of the rescue swimming program. And then I decided to do that. Um, and it was mostly for the challenge of it and to see, you know, what I was made of. I loved the job. I loved the mission. And then, you know, went to college and yeah, it's like, 
I don't know. I think it's it's great to go to college with the that prior experience being a little older. I w- we were definitely a little older. Like it feels odd because you, you go to college and you're around all these, you know, like when you're a freshman, at least in college, you, you're around these 18 year olds. So luckily we had like pri- we both had prior credit from like the military. So that was mm-hmm. great. And it, it makes you kind of graduate a little sooner and, and you get to be around people your age. Um, so I'd say that's like one of the cons of joining college after uh, the military if, you, if you're only doing four years is you're certainly a little older but that's a good thing. i don't think it's actually even a bad thing at all because yeah. it's actually probably as fun or more fun just because you're a little smarter than everyone else yeah you, you have a little more experience yeah. yeah but you don't you, and, like it gets you go to parties a little bit at first but like eh, and maybe. you pretty much look like you know like a senior in college as long as you don't have like a full-on beard which i can't grow a beard i don't know about vince vince can grow some kind of yeah, a beard a little, so little so if you're like looking kind of you look kind of about the same age but yeah, my story is about the same. I graduated high school. I was kind of like brought up around the Coast Guard. My dad was in for for over 20 years. So I was around it my entire life. And basically, I decided I didn't want to do that after high school. So I went to the University of Oregon, Sko Ducks. Um, it was the year they freaking went to the national championship, lost to Auburn. Cam Newton sucks. So we... I don't care. He doesn't care. He's yeah. Canadian. He doesn't yeah. know about football. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically, after a year of University of Oregon, I ended up... Decided I wanted to join the Coast Guard, so I kind of did all the paperwork, and then I left for boot camp in the summer of, I think it was 2011. Did six years or so, and then I went to the University of Colorado, and I just graduated like a month ago. Great experience, pretty much on par with Vince's experience. I kind of recommend, I mean, straight out of high school, I guess it depends on who you are and like your position, you know, but... If I would do it again, I would just join the Coast Guard straight out of high school. I wouldn't even do a year of college because you get to do college anyways when you get out and it's free. So that's the that's the other great asset is like it's ridiculously expensive, especially in America to go to college. So, you know, having that funding and not just that they're paying for your housing when you do end up going. To yeah, college. like you actually like You're I think money. I was making money the whole time I was in, the, in college. Yeah. Yeah. It's like your job. Your job is to study and people are very jealous because other people are, you know, it, it helps you. First of all, for me, like. I really dedicated myself to my study. So it was great to have that all the time I needed to really succeed in college, which I, I love. But the thing is too, like, you know, you're never going to be successful at anything in life that you're not passionate about. Right. I mean, that's just obvious. And, you know, when I started off college, that's not what I wanted to do. And when I was in the Coast Guard, that's what I wanted to do. And then when I wanted to go to college, like I wanted to go to college and that's why I was successful. Same thing, like, you know, you should, everyone should read, right? Like reading is a great thing, but you can't just force yourself to do it. Like you gotta, you gotta love it. You know, it's gotta, it's gotta come naturally. Same for anything in life, you know? Yeah. You you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta want it. So spot on. you gotta be at a spot in your life where, you know, if you want to go to college, then you should go to college and you're going to be successful at it right out of high school. If you want to join the military, then you should do that because you're passionate about it. So you know, not to be cliche, but yeah, do do what your gut tells you and, and what you want to do because you're going to be successful at it. Cool. I think that about covers it. Yep. We'll move on to the next one. All right. So this one is a great question. This is great. All right. How long do AST stay operational before moving behind a desk? And I guess we, we could ask Senior Chief Ben Randall, Randall or you could just watch The Guardian and, you know, a lot of times they kick you out of the operational units and they send you to to a school so you can teach the youngins um yeah just just like kevin costner it's i think it's when you get arthritis a severe enough yeah. where you you uh you can't hold like your fins and yeah when you're at that point they just send you to a school and you become the 
lead instructor. So and you yeah. you get to do it on by yourself. Like there's no syllabus you have to follow at A school. That's you're yeah, just kind of running it. Yeah, you, you get always, people. You put people in ice water. You like put, that's you what put I'm them in ice baths. Ice water. Yeah. Ice water is like definitely that's, crucial. So whenever yeah. you become a senior chief in the Coast Guard, you you can you just go, put people in ice baths. Yeah, like it's that's, it's easier. That's your authority. Yeah, and knowing even the captain of the base can he can't overrule you. No one yeah. can. And you can put the captain of the base. Yeah, in the ice and you water. can just tell him to kind of just like just like pound sand just to tell him to leave. Yeah. No. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah go check out the guardian um that's not true yeah none so of that was accurate how long do ASD stay operational basically from what my experience and i guess you could yep yeah i'll try tell me too um i've seen it, it's pretty much as long as your your body's able to kind of keep up and kind of pass the pt test and stay healthy so at both i was an airman in, in miami and the the shop chief there and the shop chief's in charge of the all of the swimmer station there. He was he was still doing operational flights. He was staying in duty, and in Detroit, our chief initially did, and then for this for the late latter portion of his kind of tour at Detroit, he was he was injured and grounded. So, I mean, it kind of varies based on health. From what I recall, you can be operational, or you have did wait like be like correct me on this if I'm wrong, but do you not have to be operational? like until you're a first class and once you become a chief then then you have the luxury of Don't not know. being operational if you wanted to can't anyway, say yeah I th- but I think it, that's that wouldn't it, affect you you know for a long time so it's not something you really yeah but i'm consider. just saying like i think a first class also has to be able to be operational of course like it's okay if you're off for a month because you're in or a couple months because you're in yeah and that kind of goes back to like your whole like job gear decision so like when you graduate a school and you're you're a e4 like ast3 you're pretty much your, your sole job is to do like routine maintenance like the easy maintenance and then fly a lot of search and rescue cases and like take all the flight hours when you're second class you get to e5 you your mission kind of switches more to a little more work a little less flying and that kind of continues to like that kind of i guess whatever you want to call it kind of evens out and eventually you're doing more desk work than flying and but the short answer is unless things have changed chiefs and up have the luxury of deciding whether or not they want to be operational and what was really cool is like some i think i master chief oh, i don't I, I won't say his name but I, there was a master chief i knew that actually still served operation that's pretty cool really cool because yeah. yeah that's not i don't, I don't think, I think there's only like like three or four master chiefs that are summers in the coast guard that's true yeah and, and i don't and think they most have them, so most many duties fly. so many responsibilities so much like command decisions to also fly that's that's pretty that's, that's pretty really cool, cool. yeah so yeah. Um, so the truth of the answer, I would say, is you could be operational for the entirety of your career as a rescue swimmer. So, you know, if you do just do the bare minimum at 20 and you're going for that retirement, then, yeah, you could you could be operational that whole time if you're healthy and you want to. Um, and then in the other if you want to go the other way, it's once you make chief, then you wouldn't have to if if you wanted to go that route. So, yeah, that's about yeah. it. Yeah. All right, next question. How hard would it be to lateral over to diver after a tour as an AST? So this guy's ambitious, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, well, let's just talk about it. So like, I, again, this podcast kind of based on all elite military schools, but we're mostly our experiences as rescue swimmers. But there's other rates. So like the AST rate, which, which is aviation survival technician is what we were. But there's another dive rate, which is, uh, let's look at it. Cody's yeah, we're it looking up. it up. 
because I was not really familiar with this. So I guess it's DV. It's a new rate. Diver? Yeah. DV. It's a very cool rate. I actually considered it. I actually, yeah, I knew a diver who was a, he was a non-rate and he went to the dive school. Yeah. And he I, it's, he sounded cool. It sounded like a fun job. And incredibly cocky, though, just like ASTs. So yeah, like, they're they're on par with an AST. So yeah. actually... If you want to go the cocky route, go diver or, or rescue swimmer. Yeah, they get to wear the little uh, diver, like, what is that? Oh, thing yeah, their, so like... Their name. Yeah, so like rescue swimmers, we have a little cool pin that's uh over our was it our left yeah over our heart so yeah i think so yeah, yeah. so yeah. um the rescue swimmer like people know you're a swimmer if, if yeah if, if you're wearing, wearing a uniform. like yeah the uniform so also if you're a diver people know you're a diver if you're wearing the uniform so <laughs> if you're going for the flare <laughs> yeah it's one of the two yeah. so um so what was the question though yeah the question we'll get back to that so basically he said how hard would it be to lateral over to diver after doing a tour as an ast so he wants to join Maybe he's already in. He wants to go to swimmer school. After that, I guess he wants to do, you know, maybe a four-year tour at an air station and then apply to be a diver. And I'm not really, like, an expert in, like, Coast Guard logistical, like, paperwork as far as moving, like, rates around. But I don't think that's impossible. No. It's, like, from my understanding, it's a, it's that three-year minimum that you have to do once you've graduated helicopter rescue swimmer school so you have to do a minimum of three years so however long it takes you to become a rescue swimmer that time doesn't count but once you've made it through rescue swimmer school you have to do three years so a tour basically yeah yeah and yeah so after that from my understanding i think you could i think it's possible a lot of times it comes down to you know a lot of times you need approval from your command you know to do things like that so it comes down to how much they like you and whether you're a good worker or not because if you're kind of not a great worker and they don't like you you're not really like shown out at work, I guess, then maybe they're not going to let you do that. But if they think you're a good guy and they recommend, you know, they, they write like a letter of recommendation or something like that, they could maybe get you over there. It just depends. I'll say this about the diver rate though. I, you know, maybe this is a general statement, but I would say the post career jobs related to your duties at like, as your operational diver are much more, you know, there's, there's better jobs. Um, as a, like an underwater welder, so basically, you know, you probably have more more career opportunities, career skills post yeah. um, that job than you would as a rescue swimmer because you know, as a rescue swimmer, sure you're an EMT, so you can go the paramedic route. You can, uh, I believe, you can transition into like different there's, similar jobs. There's like in Hilo, there's civilian jobs also. For, there's civilian search and rescue jobs, and then there's also like maintenance jobs that we do like routine maintenance on life saving equipment on the helicopters. And there's civilian jobs where they kind of do the same thing. And a lot of swimmers will retire and go do that. Other than that, it just looks good on the resume that you were a rescue swimmer. That said, I don't quite know what the divers do. I know they do a lot of buoy work. They tend to. but And, and I think there's some special duties that are very cool. I, I think they even occasionally go to the, like, the North Pole area and oh, yeah. do some some dives there, which sounds really cool. That sounds cool. terrible, actually. Yeah? Yeah, yeah it's, it's dark cold. water. It's, yeah, yeah. But yeah they get, I don't know. They got dry seas. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's certainly an option. Um, and, and vice versa, probably if you were a diver and you wanted to go rescue swimmer, you could probably do that too. So, all right. Next question. Basically, it's a pretty intro level question, but it popped up in the, the Instagram DM. So we wanted to cover it. So if you're starting from a baseline level and you can't do any pushups, how can this person was asking, how can they get to the point where they can do 10 pushups? Right. Well, yeah, this is, it's certainly, uh, you know, push-ups, push-ups are, are hard. I hate them. Um, so you, you got to build up to it. I'd say the best way if you're struggling to do 10 push-ups to start working your way up to that is to do push-ups. And 
And if anything, I would say you do uh, the push-ups where you start on your knees. So that's that's certainly a lot easier. Um, so again, you, you, you put your weight on your knees and then you're still keeping the, the good form as in like a, a, plank, a, a plank, like you're not bending at your butt, you're keeping your back, your lumbar and your legs straight, but then you're, you're pressing down and doing as, I'd say, you know, as many reps as you can with that and slowly build up. You can even do um, incline push-ups where you're actually kind of, you're leaning say on a bench. So your hands are on a bench or on a, you know, elevated platform. So you can do those as well. So that would be still be in the same good push-up position. So you, you got a straight back, straight legs, everything's in line, but you're on an upward angle. So I, I would recommend those as well, as many as you can do. Um, and it's good to work the ant, like the opposite muscle. So a pull. Um, so basically, if you have those rings, like the, uh, what do you call those rings again? You know, like the in the gyms, they have those. Yeah, I don't like, know what those are called. Whatever, the, like the gymnastic type rings that extend. If you have those, or even a bar you can do or on like a bench a, press bar. A TRX. Yeah, something like that. Basically, what I'm, I'm uh, you know, angling at is do a thing where you're, I, I don't, it's like a, it's like a pull up, but you're, you're a straight board. Oh, this is a hard one to describe. Like, 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 I'm, right, here we go. So you, you got your feet, like on your, all your weights on your ankles, you're a straight board, but you're basically doing an opposite push up or you're, you're just pulling up on those rings. You can so, like a row. Yeah, it's like well, it's like a row. Yeah, like a body weight row. That's yeah. what it is. It's a yeah. body weight row. I apologize, everybody, for that painstaking explanation. It's a body weight row. So do those as well because that works the counter muscles to uh, the push-ups. Um, what's your advice? So I would say, other than what Vince covered, another great type of workout to do would be negative push-ups. And basically, all that is is you're going to start, you know, from a push-up position in the up position, and you're going to slowly do a like you're going down like you're gonna do a full push-up when you get to the ground you're just gonna, gonna come off and then you're gonna get on your knees and kind of restart it from the up position so you're just doing basically the down portion of a push-up and when you're going down you should be focusing on going really slow like almost as slow as you can like slow motion and that's going to kind of just build up those like your chest you know triceps and eventually if you're doing that you're gonna get to the point where you can do a real push-up and like a example kind of workout for that would be you know maybe do do five negative push-ups in a row and then take two minutes off and do it again and repeat it you know three to five times that'd be a good way to do it and you probably end up doing that you know over the course of like three to four weeks and hopefully by the end of that you'd be able to do some push-ups i'd also recommend bench pressing so if you're working your way up even if it's just the bar that'll be good so you can do three sets of reps between 12 and 20 i would say would be great for push-up uh growth yeah yeah is that it for those questions yeah yep that's pretty much it for our questions this week should we do reddit questions or we'll save that for another time we can read through reddit real quick we'll just do a quick reddit read through so if you guys don't know there's a reddit rescue swimmer page and it's for swimmers who are it's for navy and coast guard rescue swimmers so i believe there's a couple coast guard admins and then a couple or like one navy admin that review and kind of answer questions on there but it says so others may live is that the navy like yeah, I don't know if it's the Navy well. saying, but I mean, I'm just going to say in the picture, it's a Coast Guard swimmer. So right. I think we know who runs the page. Oh, <laughs> what's up, the Navy? All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to read through some of these, I guess. And get killed by Navy Yeah, they might be mad. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, do you want to answer that one? Do you think that's doable? Vegan in boot camp. All right. We'll read nice and short. Don't do it. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so this guy is asking, he wants to be a swimmer. 
Um, I'll just I'll just read the Reddit post and then we'll we'll make fun of the guy. Okay, no, I'm yeah. just kidding. We're not gonna make fun of him. So this is his question. I'll keep it short and sweet. I'm considering going vegan. Capital V. He capitalized vegan, so he's very serious about this. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, though, wait, wait. How do you know somebody's a vegan? Oh, they'll tell you. Oh, that joke. <laughs> Haven't heard that one before. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Thing is, though, in about a year, I intend to go into the USCG to become an AST. Good choice. I've asked this question in the military frequently asked questions sub a while back, blah, blah, blah. Um, basically, he's asking, can you be a vegan in boot camp? And our no. answer. No, hell no. Impossible. No, you got to eat cows. It's, this is America. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. No, well, um, absolutely, yeah. I would say. I, I would say it's a little harder. It's going to uh, be very hard, I would say. Yeah, because I, I'd say you're fairly restricted to the set no all right so the salad bar is definitely gonna be your friend um there's also a sandwich bar where you can make like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches people love that i hated that i don't do that i like that time for that i had they to, were great i had to cram in as much meat as i could during the time period that 15 minutes that they give you to eat actually people i think i mentioned this now people literally would change the formation and the formations are strict you're getting yelled at by drill sergeants would sneakily Change the formation so they could sit next to me during the meal just because it was such an entertainment value to watch me try to cram in all this food that I would fit on the platter. I would, so you get, you know, one of these like cafeteria platters. I would fill it. So you get the first place, the main, the, the entree. You fill that. I would fill it to the like really like a mountain. And then I would get every piece of anything like the side bowls and I would just stack it on an angle where it would kind of slop into the pan, like the, into the tray. Um, and people would just found it very entertaining to see me attempt to eat all that in 15 minutes. I, I'll be honest, I'm very proud to say I, I don't think I ever left like any food. Are you allowed to leave food? I don't even remember. Like, could you have scraps? Yeah, you can have scraps, okay. yeah, unfortunately. So um, like, the, on, on a serious note, it's just gonna be about getting calories in, you know, like how are we gonna do it through lettuce? I gotta be honest <laughs> with you, like I graduated in 2012, it's 2020, I'm sure they've they've slightly modified the menu to accommodate vegan because it's like yeah vegans are, are a big part of you know today's society vegetarians too so there's options you're gonna be okay i would say you're gonna have a bigger problem being a vegan in a in rescue summer school because you're burning even more calories and it's doable though like, it's very doable it's like definitely vegans have, doable. You, the information is definitely out there so you're like I, i'm not educated enough on it to know specifically how you can be successful at it, to get that protein, to get, you know, the fats that you need, because you need the fats to keep you warm, to keep you smart, actually. Yeah. Um, to give you that long-term you know, vitamin energy. B, all yeah. that stuff, yeah. Carbs, I mean, carbs they have, though, so. Carbs are good, yeah. yeah. It's mainly, yeah, those, like, essential vitamins. I think it's vitamin B12 or whatever that's in meat. You know, you gotta supplement stuff like that. You gotta do all that research. Yeah. If anything, you know, if you, whoever's, whoever wrote this question, if you're a vegan, you make it through swimmer school and you become a swimmer, you can come on the podcast and tell us how you did it. Yeah. But it's doable. Um, though I don't know any risk swimmers that are vegan, do you? I wasn't. I don't know any actually. Yeah. yeah, I know maybe like. No, I know none. Yeah, that's about it for that one. All right. Any All other right. good ones? Uh, here's one. So this is. I guess we'll just read it again. Yeah. So the headline is female looking to become an AST. Help. Help. So she wants help. All right. I'm a 20 year old female with a huge passion to become an AST in the Coast Guard. Cool. Great. Great choice. I've been dreaming about this for years. Don't have a plan B. Never have a plan B. You know, if you read my blog, you know, no plan B. Doesn't Jocko Willing say the same thing? Yeah, Jocko. He just says like, plan B's like, are for the week. Well, he probably has a plan B because he was a SEAL and they have like different plans for different things. I always but have we a don't plan care. B personally, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, plan B, I didn't have one. 
But yeah, if I did fail, I probably would just do something else. I had an, a, a slight idea, like, but yeah. It's actually, more about, I didn't have, that much I didn't have an idea. I actually would have probably been a terrible Coast Guard sailor. I, 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 I get seasick. All right, moving on. So All right. keeping the only thing that gets me excited, this is the only thing that gets me excited career-wise. I'm just wondering why there are only three women that have become ASTs. Only I think that's actually inaccurate. I think there's more than that at this point. I think, I think there's at least five. May, I don't actually know. I think there's at least five. Yeah. I actually, I worked, I was an airman while there was one I knew in two. Uh, I knew, I met two myself and worked okay. with two myself. And I know, so. I know one that is retired that like the first one is retired. And so that makes four yeah. right there. Yeah. I, I'm going to say there's a, there's a. Okay. So we'll five. say, we'll say four to six. We don't actually know. I think there's more than that, but whatever. There's not many. Yeah, we, I don't have the facts on that, but yeah. And she continues on. I understand it's a rough Heavy job, and most women are simply too small, not strong enough. But I'm also wondering if the number is low because there's not a lot of women that apply for the job. So that that's true. Like the ratio, as far as like women go, you know, like you might have like a couple come through per year. So it's just like statistically, there's going to be less women that graduate. And yeah. I because I don't actually know the percentages. You know, did like, you know any did any start in your class any females? No, I didn't know. I never trained with any females in my junior class. There was, and uh, actually, there's I think there's two. One failed out, unfortunately, I think within the first week. And then the second did last a month or two. But I think she, she made it through the, what's the, the in-doc or that, like, because that was at that point they started that program when they, they have the two-month intro where they weren't going through an air station because we were, I, my class was the last airman. Oh, okay. Uh, or like the last air station airman at the time. So, um, yeah. And unfortunately, I think she had an issue oddly with, I want to say the run. Which, which is rare because usually, first of all, the females tend to do great with the running um, and the push-ups tend to be like the most challenging thing. And in general, in that test, personally, I think the push-ups are the hardest thing. Yeah. Um, so the upper body strength does tend to be uh, kind of a, a hold up often for the, the women trying to become rest. But I know that there's not a huge correlation between PT numbers and success rate from what I've read and seen. In Nevertheless, schools, so. you have to pass those you need the stupid miss. yeah yeah that that pt test so you know um definitely be be strong if you're anybody you know male female dog cat you know yeah it really doesn't matter it's yeah. just about you know it, the same standards for everyone so if you that's just pretty cool yeah. yeah and that's been around for years as in like i think women could be rescue swimmers dating back to at least 10 years yeah, yeah oh, at like, least i think years, like 20 years since maybe from the start early like, 90s oh yeah. yeah so or even before that i think maybe the whole time yeah so yeah hopefully you're not treated any differently if you try to become a rescue swimmer you just have the same standards which is fair um so if you can do what anyone else does then you can become a rescue swimmer what else does she ask um there's a couple others we'll just kind of go through them so what is the best way to go about becoming an officer so i'm we're just going to say like if you're an officer you can't be a rescue swimmer so it's not related so if you want to be an ast you have to enlist you can't commission into the coast guard so that's not, we're not going to answer that one. We'll just sure. it that. But I think you need a college degree to become an officer. You do need a college degree, but I'm not too familiar. But yeah, if you want to be an officer, you're not going to be a swimmer. It's not possible. You can right. be a pilot, yeah. you know. But, but you can make that transition if you have a college degree. Yeah, right? actually, there's a swimmer in my class who was an AST for, I think, a tour, maybe like a tour and a half. And he he's now kind of going through the process to become a pilot. So it's totally possible. And there's been a few swimmers who have done that. Would and be- the last one... Last question, yeah. Would you recommend reserves or active duty for the best experience and action? Well, that's a pretty easy question. It's easy because if you want to be a swimmer, you have to go active. There's no... you. If you are in the reserves, you can't be any of the aviation rates. So, no, it's not really a question. It's just you got to go active duty. 
That question, I think, is more... Um, and it might not be related. She might be asking, like, random other questions. Yeah, that, that question might be more relevant, actually, for combat units. Like, surprisingly, from what I've heard, reserves get deployed often potentially more so than active duty. I'm, I'm sure there's some combat people that might listen in, like... I don't know. Yeah, I'm not Steaming sure. at what I just said. <laughs> yeah, we're just, like, so, throwing but out I, false I, facts. I've heard that I know reserves do get deployed a lot for combat positions, so... Um, but same thing, I don't think you can be a reserve Navy SEAL. Oh, right? yeah, for other services... I, I don't know. I know there are reserve PJs. Oh, really? Yeah. Because yeah. I remember talk. I talked to one when I was in uh, Advanced Helicopter Rescue Schoolmer School. We had him in our class. And I don't know. I don't know what's the Reserves, I not, know. We're not going to spew any yeah. bad facts. But I do but, know reserves do get uh, deployed quite a lot because I, I do know some reserves. Yeah. So, so yeah, if you want to be in the aviation in the Coast Guard, you can't be a reservist. You have to be active duty. Yeah. But that said, the reservists, I'd say in the Coast Guard, there's like always a kind of a, a little comical quote they, we call them like the weekend warriors i'd say overall you know you, you're tending to do more yeah you, you, i think it's a weekend a month because you pretty much have to go in and like there's all kinds of computer work you got to do like answer emails so you end up doing a lot of you know it maybe it's not as flashy as active yeah. duty you still have to go through boot camp though so that's just the same as as us like like there's people in boot camp that are reserves and there's people in boot camp that are active duty so yeah so cool. i guess we'll yeah, that's that about it. Questions? We'll stop reading through Reddit today. Uh, maybe there'll be some better posts next week. Guys, get on there and post, and maybe we'll read your posts yeah. on here. All right, let's talk about what's coming up. Yeah. Psyched on it. Let's go. This is the new thing. The so, new thing. You want to throw it? Throw the pitch out there? Woo, I got to do the pitch. All right, yeah. sales pitch, people. All right. Um, this is our, our big sales pitch. So if you made it this far, you might as well make another two minutes. Oh, man, I took a sales class. I'm not, I'm not actually going to pitch to you guys. Uh, but we are excited. What we're coming out with is what's called the Win the Summer Program. So me and Cody have been working together this time. So if you, you know, purchased our, our previous programs, the how to hold your breath like a rescue swimmer, that was my program with my experience with underwaters and breath holding and free diving. Now, Cody also came out with his become the expert program where he teaches you how to train specifically. Now, but this program, we've combined both our knowledge to come up with a two month training program to teach you guys you know, how to improve your PT tests, your PT scores, and just basically become a stronger athlete. So this is not just for those elite military members. It's also for anybody that's trying to improve physically. Um, and there's going to be a water portion and there's going to be, of course, a land slash gym portion. So it's yeah, going to be, yeah, it's going to be, you know, we're going to have, you know, four to five probably workouts per week on, um, uh, it'll be like a different page for each workout, you know? So four to five workouts, we're going to kind of put little kind of tips in there, like guidance. Vince is gonna do some swim kind of technique. Yeah, because I think an important part of, you know, becoming successful as a swimmer, swimming truly comes down to the technique, um, how you're swimming. So I'm gonna include some of that without going too deep into, you know, teaching you how to swim per se, but I'm gonna give you drills that will help your swimming stroke and your technique. Um, and I think what's cool about this program is, again, it's called the Win the Summer Program. What's cool about it is it's gonna be very similar to how we trained to succeed as helicopter rescue swimmers. We're gonna give you the was, same, some of the same drills that I'd we've I'd say done. it's a little better actually because yeah. we're kind of adding what we've learned over the years, you know? And, and recently I've been like pretty much spending the last 18 months kind of researching ways to train. I've been trying different ways to train and I've like, experienced some pretty good like 
increases in my in my PT, like core PT numbers, so like my push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, all that. My numbers are way better than they used to be. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's pretty much strong correlated. Boy. Yeah, it's correlated to how I've been training recently. So I'm going to put a lot of that in there. So Great. hopefully it helps you out. Um, what did I want to say about it? Oh, yeah. We're going to divide the program into two sections, like a slightly more beginner portion and a more advanced portion. And again, you can always readjust those numbers if you're like intermediate. Um, but that'll just give you a general idea as to, you know, how you should train. Advanced would be, you know, where you probably want to be to become a helicopter rescue swimmer. Um, but you can work your way up, of course. Yeah. So that means, you know, you're going to have essentially, if you start with the the easier section, you're going to work through that over two months and you'll basically have another two months of workouts if you want to go to the advanced section after yeah. that. Sneak peek. Um, I was already talking to Cody about one of the exercises that was just absolutely grueling in my airman program and like i've said my airman program felt harder than actually helicopter rescue swimmer school in a sense um, and one of those drills was the butterfly down underwater back so same as sprint down underwater back you're you're sprinting at the surface of the water so you're you know you're breathing on your butterfly stroke though which is an exhausting stroke and then you die totally pointless by the way yeah it doesn't apply to swimmer school Oh, the butterfly stroke? Yeah. Yeah. But what that drill did is it gave you that muscle lactic acid in your shoulders and just generally in your body. And then you were forced to immediately, once you hit the other end of the pool, that 25 meter pool, dive underwater and swim back the entire length of the pool. So that's a great, um, first of all, like it will help with your, your um, freestyle stroke to know the butterfly because it's just a great like other shoulder exercise. But not only that, is it's gonna really build your water confidence. Because once you do come down to having to do, in rescue swimmer school, the freestyle down sprint underwater back, it's gonna feel easier because you've now practiced this absolutely grueling butterfly down underwater back. So that's just uh, one of the many exercises that's gonna be within the program. Cool, so that's the program. If you're interested in the win the summer training, there's going to be a link in the show notes. You can also just go to rsmguide.com, go to products, and you'll see the little link for it. Other than that, uh-huh. if you're if you enjoyed the show, head to the you know the Apple Podcast page and just leave a rating and review. Those are great. If you hate the show, don't do that. Just like just ignore it. it yeah, this this all helps us pay our rent, people. So yeah, we we live in us, Boulder, Colorado, really and the rent's it. not cheap. Yeah, you know <laughs> it's beautiful. The mountains are here, but you know we we gotta. We got quite the overhead. So um, be supportive, you know, leave a like. It it helps with uh, getting the word out there and it's helping other people because, you know, the more people know about this, then the more can educate themselves and, you know, become better athletes. So seems like no one knows about Coast Guard Rescue Swimmers. So we're trying to get the word out there, you know? Yep. So great. All right, let's let's finish with something. I I don't know. What do you got? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, you got nothing? I thought you had something lined up. I mean, the last time we did the URA. Oh, I thought you had something lined up like a cool story or like a motivational quote. No, no, no. no, no. You got nothing? These poor people have listened to us for now 54 minutes. So um, this is a record episode. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll just we'll just sign out. All right. This is Vince and Cody signing out. All right. See you next week. (laughs) Hoorah!